National Catholic Register. This is Register Radio, bringing light and clarity to the news and topics that affect your life. It isn't very often that Hollywood's big screen tells a positive story about a Catholic priest. That's why the film Father Stew, starring Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson, and now playing in theaters, deserves some attention. The Register's Elisa Murphy attended the film's premiere in Helena, Montana, earlier this month, where the real Father Stew made his mark. She joins us with highlights about this fighter-turned-healer. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Editor-in-Chief and Executive Director of the National Catholic Register and your host here on Register Radio. I'm so happy to have Elisa Murphy, the Register's Managing managing Editor of Digital Assets, with us today. Elisa, thanks for joining us. Great to be here, Jeanette. It's an exciting day. It is an exciting day, and it's exciting to learn about uh, Father Stuart Long. He was a priest of the Diocese of Helena who died at the age of 50 in 2014, only seven years after his ordination to the priesthood. Father Stu, as he was affectionately known, he pursued a career in boxing, acting, teaching, and even museum management uh, before converting to Catholicism and then discerning a call to the priesthood. He had a, a really interesting life, a remarkable life. Uh, as some of his, the people who knew him, they said it was a very intense life. He was an intense person. But his priestly life was not what, it was, what was expected when he had a was diagnosed with a debilitating disease uh, that really um, impacted uh, his life, but but also uh, the way he expressed his priesthood. He wasn't uh, able to say mass as as normal, um, but he could hear confessions, and so that was a huge part of his uh, priestly ministry. There's so much drama, Elisa, you know it much better than I, uh, to speak of here, and, and even more inspiration. So let's just jump into it. You attended this premiere uh, with your husband and, and uh, young child, which is kind of fun, um, and you were able to meet the people who created the film, including Mark Wahlberg, who plays Father Stu. Why did this story inspire Mark Wahlberg? You know, Jeanette, I really think it was uh, the power of conversion. Um, You know, we know from Wahlberg himself, he's had many um, situations in his life um, that he had to make some dramatic turns, some dramatic changes. And the story of Father Stu is really one of conversion. Uh, And it is this near-death experience that he has literally being thrown from a motorcycle to get then run over twice. Um, And in the film, you see the Blessed Mother hovering over him. And it's in this moment that he basically, you know, it's a 180. He just wants to become Catholic so bad. And it's his girlfriend that leads him to the church. Um, But and then it was just as the waters of baptism come over him, he is he, he just knows he's made to become a priest. Um, and I spoke with Wal- uh, Mark Wahlberg in Helena, just ahead of the premiere, uh, and he told me something pretty profound that Bishop Thomas had told him about Father Stu. Let's listen. Going back to that really quick, sure. so when I talked to Bishop Thomas, who would ordain Stu, he said to me, which is really remarkable, he said, you know, the reason why I ordained Stu um, or the reason why I felt like I should ordain Stu, he, he said he knew he was right because he said Stu had done more in the f- short four years that he was a priest than the bishop did in his 40 years. 
you know, and Jeanette, when I heard that, it was just such a remarkable, a profound statement coming from a bishop saying that this man had done more in four years than he had done in his years of 40. Um, and, you know, Mark Wahlberg is a Catholic actor. He spoke about his faith. And Jeanette, he also did say that this is kind of a new calling for him. He really feels um, he has more to create like Father Stu, uh, more on the faith-based realm, as Mark Wahlberg told me. I, I, I know that I've been blessed <clears throat> and that I was saved. And I was always kind of wondering, oh, why and what am I supposed to do with this? I know it was... I knew it was there was a bigger, a bigger picture forming, and something there was there were other things at work. And I was just always kind of wondering what those were, what what I was supposed to do with, with all of this. Um, so you know that's what I'm kind of figuring out now, spending a lot more time to really recognize those directions that I should be going in my life as mm -hmm. I you know kind of reach the stage. You know, Elisa, it's it's really remarkable to hear him say that. I remember reading that this film, he, he first wanted to do this film only a couple years after Father Stu's death so that he heard this story and knew then that he wanted to do it. It's taken a while for it to come to be. But here it was, opening on Good Friday. That is very, very interesting timing. And you summed up the timeliness of this story in an article at ncregister.com titled, Father Stu and the gift of divine mercy. So what about this timing? You know, it is really remarkable. Uh, it did open uh, on Good Friday. It opened up a couple days before, actually, just because it was the anniversary of his own mother's passing. Mark Wahlberg lost his mother in the product during the production of the film. And it really is a story of suffering. And as we, during Lent, look to Christ on the cross, remembering what he carried for us. Um, it really does speak to that, that misery that a lot of people live in, that we have to remember all the time what was taken from us, those burdens. And I spoke with Rosalind Ross, who's a screenwriter and director of the film, and she does a great job, all of this great foreshadowing with a lot of the stories. And one unique dynamic that's in the film is between Mark Wahlberg as the son, Stuart, and the father, uh, who's played by Mel Gibson, but Bill Long is the actual father. I met him, the most humble, gracious man. And, you know, I asked Rosalind Ross, as we look to Lent as a time of conversion, if she hoped that the movie would lead to more conversions. And this is what she told me. Absolutely, and and as well, I, I I hope that the story can and, and Stu's journey and the you know the reconciliation with his father. Mm -hmm. I hope that can serve as a comfort to people that it really is never too late to try to repair those bonds. It's also never too late to change. It's never too late to seek forgiveness, to mm -hmm. self improve, to seek redemption, whatever you want to call it. It's never too late to do that. You know, mm -hmm. and, and we live in a, a society right now that I think is reluctant to um, acknowledge how people can change. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really unfortunate. I think that's sending the wrong message to our kids. You know, Elisa, you know, it um, it's awesome that this film, as you said in the beginning, is a story of conversion. And as she just said, it's also a story of reconciliation. There are relationships that are healed throughout this. I mentioned that uh, 
confession is a, was a huge part of his life, and uh, and that is a an important part of this film. Uh, you got to to talk not only to screenwriter the screenwriter and the actor, but you also got to talk to people there in Helena who knew him. I mean, that was where he was in the flesh and the blood. Those that's where people saw him as his body deteriorated, but as he was able to give life in the confessional and all of this. There's so much about Father Stu that you can't know from the movie, but you can know from talking to people. What did you learn? You know, one of the most um, unique perspectives I heard was from Father Bart Tolleson, and he was actually ordained alongside Father Stu um, at the cathedral there in Helena. And it was it was just such a grace filled time, Jeanette, being there. I mean, I landed Mm -hmm. Sunday uh, and, you know, a few hours later, I found myself at the home of a family that knew Father Stu, personally, the uh, the uh, Bill Simkin grew up with Father Stu. And when he first heard that Father Stu was giving mass, he grabbed his nine-year-old and literally said, I got to see if this is true, because she couldn't <laughs> believe it. He really could not believe that this was occurring. And in this home, uh, Father Bartolosin celebrated mass using the same chalice that Father Stu used. Um and, uh, you know, the daughter now is a Elizabeth, um, what is just a, a beautiful young woman. She is now a student at Carroll College, a Catholic university there in Helena, where uh, Father Stu did go himself. And, you know, it was just a, a remarkable experience just seeing how th- this was just their parish priest. Right. And, but the stories that they were telling were so remarkable and one thing Father Bart that said to me that I thought was so interesting was that you you hear it and see it so vividly in the movie is this relationship between the the humor and suffering and how in a way it's almost like a, a God-given grace that's given to us. The fact that we can find laughter amid such suffering. I mean, the story does remind me so much of Mother Angelica, who we did just mark this this week, you know, 99 years, her birthday. Um, it's just a, re- a remarkable uh, fusion of how um, we can laugh amid such suffering. And Father Stu, you know, he finally finds his calling as a priest only to then be told he has this debilitating disease that literally is like Lou Gehrig in a way. So Mm -hmm. at, you know, at one point he's, he's trying to, he's in seminary and they're wondering, will he ever be able to hold the chalice even to celebrate mass? Um, And father Bart just told me some unique things about suffering and father Stu's humor. Let's hear what he has to say. Right. Well, Jesus is risen from the dead. That's, that's the truth. That's what make, gives us our identity as Christians. And so no matter what suffering we have to go through, we unite that with Christ. And Stu was very keen on like saying, yes, if God wanted him to suffer, he would suffer willingly, but he was going to do it joyfully to give people hope because he talked about heaven. He, he, he said, I won't be suffering forever. Uh, eventually, mm-hmm. I'm going to move on. And in this, God is doing great things. And so he embraced it willingly, and he always kept a good sense of humor and a joy for the most part. You know, Elisa, uh, it's that kind of of suffering and the good humor that he had even in suffering that uh, 
I think makes this, uh, as we said, a timely movie. Um, not only for Passion Week, you know, last week uh, when it opened, but also for Divine Mercy coming up uh, this weekend, right, on Sunday. And uh, Father Roger Landry wrote about that in a piece at ncregister.com. Father Stu, icon and ambassador of Divine Mercy. And this is all about the lasting lessons of, of Father Stu's life. Uh, that that we can learn um, not simply from the movie, but from the real Father Stu, right? And I really encourage our our listeners uh, to go to ncregister.com and read some of these uh, impactful stories uh, about Father Stu. Uh, we're going to take a short break right now, and uh, you've been listening to Register Radio here on EWTN. We've been talking with Elisa Murphy, who had to, who got to go to the premiere of uh, this movie, Father Stu, and we've been listening to clips of those she talked to there. But stay tuned. Uh, there's more when we return. The first disciples were eyewitnesses to Christ's resurrection. Today, the Register is a witness to His presence in our world. Through our reporting, we nourish the minds of the faithful and provide insights into the events of our time through the lens of Catholic teaching. EWTN's National Catholic Register reflects the hope of our Catholic faith, delivering truth and staying above the fray while providing a deeper understanding of Christ's love and mercy alive today. Try it for free today and get it delivered to your home office or parish. Get six free issues today online at ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. That's ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. The National Catholic Register. Read faithfully. Let's return to Register Radio on EWTN. Welcome back. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Editor-in-Chief of the National Catholic Register. I'm joined by Elisa Murphy, the Register's Managing Editor of Digital Assets. And Elisa attended the premiere of Father Stu and Helena Montana at the beginning of April. There she spoke to people who knew Father Stuart Long, including his own father, right, Elisa? Yes, I spoke with Bill Long. Um, and he's just a remarkable, just really humble man, really. It was so beautiful to meet him. I, I want to hear a lot more about that because I'm sure there's things in the movie that might not be based on the, the actual real life, and we want to correct all the facts there. But before we talk about that, it is important to know that the movie itself is a rated R movie. And part of that is it's strange, you know, a story about a priest's life and, and it's rated R. It's kind of weird. But we've heard. I haven't seen it. You've seen it. But a, a lot of that is due to language. Um, and Father Stu was a rough man. What, what did you learn about um, this kind of roughness and why, how, how has it been received that it's rated R and, and how have people adjusted to that? You know, a lot of people um, are not going to see it because of the language, and that's completely understandable. But one of the, I did speak directly to a few people on the topic, and, you know, there was just a, a, a true story they wanted to tell. And it is just the fact that Stuart Long was, um, they say it's, it's putting it mildly to say he was rough <laughs> around the edges, you know? Okay. Um, 
So um, one thing I will note that I think is interesting is the Diocese of Helena, who knew him uh, very well, did release a statement regarding the movie. And they say uh, they both agreed. Bishop George Thomas and Bishop Austin Vetter both agreed. Father Stu, raw and unfiltered, combative and grace-filled, witnesses to the truth that no one is ever beyond the reach of redemption. And I think that that's, <laughs> the story does speak to that because you look at somebody and, and you think, how could this guy ever become a priest or have it even enter their mind? And, and I think that that really does speak to the power of conversion. Yeah. How, how deep is the father's mercy? <laughs> yes. So, yes. So, thankfully. Um, <laughs> thankfully. Amen. You know, Elisa, you wrote a blog that I, I got a lot of attention online at ncregister.com. It was about uh, the true story. So, right, is Father Stew movie based on a true story? Nine things to know about the real Father Stuart Long. That was the blog. So there were things that didn't make it to the final cut of the movie. What are some of those things that you would love our audience to know about? So one thing that is near and dear to our readers is is Lords. We write um, every year we do normally Joan Frawley Desmond covers a beautiful story of the pilgrimage that so many Malads take to Lords in the hope of becoming healed many of them with terminal illnesses. And that is what Father Stu had. He had a debilitating disease that was slowly crippling his body that would ultimately kill him. And uh, Stu does make a trip to Lourdes uh, before he is ordained, before he even knows if they will ordain him because of his weak body. Father Stuart, Father Bart Tollison told me um, about this journey and what happened there. Let's hear. Yes, so after he was diagnosed and the seminary had recommended he probably not be ordained and the bishop was deciding, he was pretty depressed about that. Mm -hmm. But then uh, they arranged for him to go on a pilgrimage to Lourdes. And um, when Stu found out he was going to go, he thought God would heal him there. He just had almost no doubt. And he looked at me before he left and said, I'm going to be healed. I'll be back and I'll be healed. And I was kind of like, all right, you know, so... When he got to Lourdes, he thought he'd go into the water and he would come up and he'd be a whole man. Mm -hmm. And he got into the water and came up and fell back kind of over into the water. And he just despaired in that moment. He lost all hope. He thought he'd been abandoned by God. He was angry. Mm -hmm. He was depressed. And so one of his buddies who was then uh, had been ordained just recently was there, Father Killian, talked to him and said, you should go back into the water again. People donated so you could come on this trip, you should give Our Lady a second chance. So Stu was reluctant, but he agreed. So when he went back into the water the second time, he said he came back up and he wasn't healed, but he said, all of a sudden, all my anger and all my despair melted away. And I had just this sense of peace and of God's love. And it changed me. And he goes, that was the healing I got, this interior healing. And I realized that God could speak through me in a better way Mm -hmm. if I was willing to suffer and carry the suffering than if I was just doing it on my own. Mm -hmm. So he became a, a, a different person. It's truly remarkable, Elisa. Um, I mean, that, that story is, um, that's so intense, <laughs> you know, because it's so, so difficult to overcome 
disappointment like that, um, to be open to a deeper uh, mission, uh, it, it was very profound. And I, I love that you were able to uncover that story of this trip to Lourdes. You also uncovered something, I think, that's important because, um, you know, this film is going to get a lot of attention. Mel Gibson plays uh, Father Stu's father in this film. And apparently there's really a ton of tension uh, portrayed in the film. But you found that was not quite accurate. Uh, what's the disparity there? You know, it was um, amazing to see the film, to see how... So Mel Gibson plays Bill Long. And when you see the film... You see a down-and-out dad that basically left the family that is drinking all the time, that's not around at all, as the family is grieving the death of a younger, a younger son. So there's a lot of misery there. And knowing the true story, Bill Long was always in the picture. And that, that's what really spoke to me about his humility is – I'll tell you, Jeanette, if you do see the film, if you imagine it's your son and the way they're portraying you and it's completely not true. I mean, you'd think you'd be up in arms, but Seriously. he saw the bigger picture. Yeah. I mean, it really is just um, shocking what they show. But the truth of the matter is, is that Bill Long took care of Father Stu, his son, Stuart Long, when he could not do anything at all by himself anymore. And what the movie does not show is the fact that the mother was also suffering from an autoimmune disease that was literally crippling her. And it was, you know, they died six months apart, Father Stu and his mother, Kathleen, um, to show their humor. They had a going bet on who was going to die first. Oh, goodness. Um, so they did kind of keep a humor about it all, but... The Bill Long took care of both of them, and he did it um, with such beauty. I asked um, Father Bart about this. Let's hear what he had to say. And he loved the Blessed no. Mother, and he believed in the Blessed Mother, mm -hmm. and uh, he believed in the saints no. too. It was really hard because uh, Kathleen was near death before Stu died, and so he had kind of shifted his... He was caring for doing so much for Stu, he had to kind of shift his attention and his his abilities to take care of Kathleen. She was in the hospital. And so he was kind of going back and forth between the two of them. And uh, there was people that were beginning to step up and help Stu out when Bill couldn't be there because he was taking care of Kathleen. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I know it was a burden. Um, you know, Bill, he's got just such a big heart. And he was just, he loves Kathleen and loves Stu. And so that was just a tremendous burden. You know, mm -hmm. you think about Bill, he lost Stephen when Stu was 10 and Stephen mm -hmm. was only six, and then uh, then to lose his son, another son, mm -hmm. and then to lose his wife six months later. You know, that's mm -hmm. some tough stuff. But also Bill has been very faithful in his practice of being Catholic. He, he always says, I'm still learning how to do all this because he's a convert. <laughs> and I said, Bill, you're doing a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. um, and he practices well. He's a good friend to those he's friends with, and he's a faithful guy. What a witness, right, Lisa? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. And Jeanette, when he mentions the, the other children that died, it's just heartrending because one of their two-year-olds, they just basically imagine you put your child down for a nap and they just never wake up. Wow. And they there's no, and then the other child that died was young and literally just had a stomach ache when he woke up. 
and he ends up being in the hospital by the end of the day. So the family just had immense suffering. And to meet Bill Long in person, I mean, he was, you just wanted to give him a big bear hug because sure. he had such a, such a, such a mild manner. And, you know, I asked him about marriage. He was with his wife for 48 years. They kind of act like they're completely estranged in the movie. Um, but he had such a, just a grace about him uh, and such a love for his family. It was just a, a beautiful, remarkable thing to witness. It really was. So um, that last clip mentions how he's a, he's a faithful Catholic. And one of the things uh, that we Catholics have is devotion uh, to, to saintly friends. Uh, and I understand that Father Stu also had some favorite saints. Who were they? Yes. So uh, Father Bart did uh, key me into this. It was very interesting. And we can hear it from him. He did mention St. Maximilian Colby and some others. Uh, let's hear what Father Bart says. Stu thought he was called to be a Franciscan, so St. Francis, and he always had a, a leaning toward Franciscan spirituality. But along the way, uh, Stu um, had a, an encounter with St. Joan of Arc, and he loved St. Joan of Arc and uh, was always encouraging people to learn about St. Joan of Arc and to pray to her. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Padre Pio, I used to tell him some, some stories I had about Padre Pio that would make him laugh. And one day I noticed he had a magnet of Padre Pio on the back of his wheelchair. And I was like, He's, he likes Padre Pio because he was a <laughs> tough guy. And St. Philomena, he loved uh, having women pray to St. Philomena mm-hmm. as well. And St. Maximin Colby too. Really. Oh, wow, yeah. So those Franciscans. You know, it, it, Jeanette, I just have to say the most remarkable thing I found about I found in in traveling to Helena and then seeing the film and learning the real story is what you mentioned about divine mercy and confession. As we look to divine mercy Sunday tomorrow, I mean, the fact that the one thing that almost kept this man from the priesthood, this debilitating disease lent basically leaves him only able to hear confession as he's unable to really do anything except listen. And there would be lines. One depiction that's completely true from the movie, there are lines outside Big Sky Care Center with dozens of people just wanting to meet him in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And so he died, uh, what was the year? It was 2014, I think, right? 2014, yes. Right. So it really, it's a fresh story. You know, it's a real story, a fresh story. He lived not very long ago. Um, It's a story of conversion, uh, a story of deep, deep mercy. And even though there's a lot of color, (laughs) it's it's real. Uh, And I, I like that. I like that because it shows us what is possible. And um, Mm -hmm. we really need to hear that, right? (laughs) Yeah, we really do. And for, you know, when you see his checkered past, where he came from, and then he becomes this wonderful conduit to God's mercy. It just, it's very, it's so inspirational. It really is. Well, as always, I invite our listeners uh, to go to ncregister.com to uh, read about all these stories about Father Stu we've been talking about, and there you'll also find more news and analysis at ncregister.com. Thanks for joining us here on Register Radio on EWTN. For our producer, Charles Berry, I'm Jeanette DeMello. Until next week, God bless you.